Hey, hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome back to That Triathlon Show, the podcast presented by scientifictriathlon.com. I'm your host, Michael, and this episode is TTS Thursday number 12. This one is on race planning, preparation, and execution. Before we get into that, big thanks to our sponsors. First, we have Senate that you can find on senateswimtrainer.com. The Senate Swim Trainer is an inflatable swim bench that helps you work on your swim technique, power, and stamina in a very effective manner thanks to its many design features. It is meant to be a great adjunct to the training you are doing in the pool and open water. Essentially, it allows you to get a more higher frequency of stimulus in because you can do some pretty short but effective sessions at home on days when you wouldn't have time to commit to a full-on swim session, but you can get in a 20-minute or so home-based workout. On the coaching page on the Senate Swim Trainer website, you can enroll in training programs, including uh, ones put together by the BMC Pro Triathlon team. And those programs do combine training in the pool with training at home with the Senate Swim Trainer. You can try that program for free for a couple of weeks before deciding whether to enroll in the full paid program as well. You can get 20% off your order of the Senate Swim Trainer with the promo code that you can get on senateswimtrainer.com forward slash TTS. And with that discount code, uh, essentially the price of the trainer is similar to a pair of good running shoes. And thank you to Roka that you can find on roka.com. Roka are the world leading manufacturers of wetsuits, dry suits, swimskins, goggles, high performance eyewear, and prescription glasses and sunglasses. Roka is one of the most innovative companies in the endurance sports and in the eyewear uh, categories. And some of the features of their products that uh, exemplify this include the arms of technology in their wetsuits, as well as tri-suits and swimskins, the Geeko anti-slip technology in their glasses, making the glasses impossible to shake off your face, even if you try really hard, the rapid sight angle lenses for an expanded field of vision in their, in their R1 goggles, allowing you to lose less momentum to sighting, and the core exoskeleton that uh, allows a better connectivity between the upper and lower body for more power and efficiency in the water in the Maverick X2 wetsuits. And those are just uh, a few examples of uh, all of the great, great features and technologies included in all of Roka's products. You can get 20% off your entire Roka order with a promo code that you can get on roka.com forward slash TTS. One more thing before we get into today's topic. Uh, if you are enjoying the podcast and you have been a listener for a while, but you haven't yet left a rating and a review, it would really mean the world to me if you could do that. A review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts that allows you to rate and review would be fantastic. It goes a long way. It helps other others find the podcast and keep it growing and keep it sustainable. Now, let's get into today's topic and first outline what we'll discuss. We'll first talk about race planning and the different aspects of that, including your race strategy or your pacing strategy, your nutrition and hydration strategy, your equipment planning, and your mental game planning. Then we'll talk a bit about the pre-race aspects, including equipment preparation, pre-race nutrition and hydration, and wrecking the course and transition areas. Then we'll discuss race execution, and finally we'll summarize some common mistakes to avoid when racing. One thing to note here, I have a long list of uh, of notes in front of me, or, and those are just bullet points. I haven't made a full script for this one, which I do for some podcasts. Uh, so in order to cover everything that I have uh, on store for today, I won't really go into any great detail in any particular aspect. For example, topics such as race 
pace strategy uh, that could be one or multiple episodes in itself so could of course race nutrition and hydration and of course we have done episodes and interviews on both of those topics before on the podcast but uh, see this as more of a high level overview which is meant to help remind you of all of those boxes you should be able to check when going into a race especially if you have had a long time away from racing uh, due to the pandemic or for any other reasons for that matter. Uh, so, uh, so that is to set the context and the expectations for this episode. But let's start with discussing race planning. And the first and most important point here is that you should create a pre-written race plan. This is probably one of those things that you have heard many, many times. It's not exactly new and groundbreaking, but I still think that a lot of people that do know that they should have a clear written race plan, for one reason or another, don't actually end up writing one. So ask yourself, uh, how often, for how many of my races do, do I actually write a race plan? Is that something I do for every race? or once in a blue moon, or never. So I think that if you are not writing race plans for all of your important or even semi-important races, then you're missing out and, and you should start doing that. Writing the plan down uh, is really important, uh, but it doesn't have to be an essay. It can be a simple document. It can be bullet point format. Uh, so don't uh, don't make this intimidating. It shouldn't be an intimidating process. It should be actually a quite exciting and and fun process. And don't overcomplicate it because that's probably or that that's in many cases it could be one of the reasons that people are not doing it because because of putting too high expectations or putting just way too much detail into the race plan that that maybe shouldn't be there but uh, yeah, it should be it should be easy to overview and easy to remember because if you can't remember the plan when you're actually in the race then there's no point of having it so so that's important to keep in mind i would recommend that you make a template for yourself that you can use and reuse and then update and tweak uh, as you go along but having that template should ensure that you don't miss anything and when you do miss something then of course you add it in there right away after the race and then you have it for the next time so uh, the first thing that uh, you should have in your race plan, or well, one of the most important things anyway, the order is up to you, is you should have your race strategy or your pacing strategy uh, written out there. For the vast majority of athletes, race strategy can essentially be equated to a pace strategy. So your race strategy is a pure pacing plan almost. So here, uh, what you should have is you should have some target ranges for for example your power on the bike or maybe heart rate if you don't have power meter a power meter and some targets for your pace or your heart rate or power on the run as well just how you get to those target uh, target powers or target paces is in my opinion not by looking at a table and just picking picking a number but it's by doing uh, doing workouts that in some in one way or another simulate the race and seeing what you can do in those workouts and and if the workout is it shouldn't be as quite as long as, as the race of course you don't need to do a 180 kilometer simulation ride in preparation for an ironman but it should be challenging enough that that if you can do that in a heavy block of training then you can be reasonably confident that you can probably manage to do that in the race when uh, when you have all of the benefits of race day including being tapered being uh, fully glycogen loaded and, and all of that so basically getting to those target paces is not uh, not an exercise in finding an article online that says that you should ride at 80% of FTP or 70% of FTP, but it's about 
going out and doing sessions at what what feels like target race pace and the duration of those intervals that you're doing in those sessions should reflect how long the race is ideally the terrain should reflect the race and then from those sessions you will eventually converge towards what seems to be realistic and then set a range around that how wide the range is it depends a bit on your experience an experienced athlete or an athlete working with an experienced coach can have a pretty narrow range, like 10 to 15 watts on the bike and 5 to 10 seconds per kilometer, which is 8 to 16 seconds per mile uh, for pace on the run. And uh, and if you have been training well and consistently with race-specific preparation, uh, you can usually be quite confident that if things go go well, more or less to plan, then, then that's where you will be. Uh, but for athletes that are more like maybe slightly newer to the sport and uh, not quite as sure where they are i recommend setting a slightly wider range and then just making sure that you tune into your uh, rpe your subjective level of effort during the race and adjust within that range so maybe in your race prep workouts those simulation workouts in some workouts you manage to do whatever let's say 200 watts for uh, those those intervals maybe you're preparing for a 7.3 and in other workouts you manage to do 225 watts so so maybe you actually set your set your range to be quite wide maybe it is from 200 to 230 watts uh, and uh, and there's nothing wrong with that then you just have to be in tune with yourself and be honest with yourself on race day and uh, and also make sure that you keep in mind that it's a long event even if it's a sprint distance triathlon it's still a one hour or so event or or longer depending on how fast you are so uh or shorter for that matter so so it's always an endurance event and uh, and it's easier to go too hard at the beginning than to go too slow uh, on the swim of course we don't have any feedback about pace or power or heart rate uh, except with some specific goggles form goggles you might have heart rate if you're using them but generally speaking uh, most of us the only feedback we have is uh, rpe our rating of perceived exertion so for that reason it's important that you have done several race intensity sets or simulation workouts as we discussed already leading up to the race these will have uh, taught you what race pace should feel like i can give you an example workout that i like for example for a 7.3 prep it would be to do 100 meters really fast that simulates the race start and then going into six times 300 meters at your uh, perceived race pace for a 7.3 and well that's exactly 1900 meters for the set and the recoveries can be let's say 10 seconds after the 100 and then 20 uh, 20 seconds 30 seconds maybe after the 300s basically what you want to do in these simulation workouts is to capture the right feel and uh, ideally also do a couple of them in open water and then have that feel be your pacing strategy the swim start admittedly, admittedly can be quite chaotic but uh, but in your race plan you can put down something like after rounding the first buoy after 200 meters i want to settle into my pace that feels comfortably uncomfortable but that i know that i can sustain so that would be a simple pacing strategy and then just you have to remember that when you execute the race that's how the race plan works put it down on paper then and make it simple enough so that you can memorize it and then execute it on race day on the bike and the run you also of course do have to take rpe into account and not just robotically follow your pace or power plan when you're in the race situation but we'll get to that later on in the execution part of of this episode 
you may have some secondary uh, intensity guidelines so uh, for example let's say you're going to do a race in hotter than normal conditions then in addition to having some power or pace targets uh, you may also set a heart rate cap uh, to prevent you from going too hard uh, which you might do because your power and pace targets might be derived in temperate uh, climates where you haven't had to deal with that heat possibly humidity as well so so consider that as well depending on the conditions altitude of course is another factor that would play into this now in terms of race strategy for pro athletes or the very fastest age groupers perhaps uh, the race strategy is not just a pure pacing strategy it is more general uh, there should be some pacing planning in there which okay this is what i'll do if i have to solo time trial the event but uh, but it it will be a more dynamic strategy section and you will have to consider things like what are your weapons that you have to use what, what are your strengths uh, if you have people on your feet in the swim for example do you try to shake them off because you're a strong swimmer uh, do you try to surge on an uphill segment on the bike and use that opportunity to, to lose people if you're a strong biker in particular on the uphills uh, who should you try to follow uh, on the swim bike and run who should you let go based on your relative strengths and weaknesses compared to those competitors at the end of the day you can't control what the other athletes are going to do so these are hypotheticals and and this is not something that you should absolutely rely upon any single scenario playing out the way you had thought it might but putting some thoughts into potential race dynamics at the very least makes you assess those strengths and weaknesses of yours and relative to your competitors as well which allows you to take better executive decisions in the heat of the moment in the race and uh, you can better choose when to unleash your weapons and when you might go on the defense so to speak all right let's move on to nutrition and hydration now and uh, well first of all i should say that we have quite a number of of episodes on this topic just go to scientifictriathlon.com and the uh, podcast page or the episode show notes page and there you can categorize or just find all of the nutrition related episodes and you can find ones to listen to there and there's a number of them so just uh, pick your choice the point of this episode isn't to tell you exactly how to fuel and hydrate in a race but it is to tell you that this needs to be planned in advance and this needs to be planned well in advance so that you have been able to practice it in training but when we come closer to the race it needs to be put into your race plan document so when it comes to nutrition and hydration what you should put down uh, pen to paper in your plan would be how much carbohydrates should you will you consume in grams per hour and also what is the vehicle of those carbohydrates are you going to use sports drinks or bars or gels and are you going to mix your gels in a bottle or what are you going to do then you want to have hydration there so how many milliliters of per hour of fluid are you going to get in and how are you how are you going to to get it in and next we have sodium so how many milligrams per hour of sodium are you going to get in keep in mind that for shorter races for sprint distance races and for olympic distance races especially if you're a quite fast athlete then it might be zero and that might be totally fine but if it's a half or full distance ironman then yeah probably should be taking on some some sodium and finally caffeine uh, make sure that you know and this includes everything like including caffeine in your gels so make sure you select gels appropriately uh, so that you don't inadvertently 
get in much more caffeine than you had planned for so so take calculate all of the caffeine you're gonna take and make sure that all of it that is a conscious decision on your part and uh, and also decide when uh, you're going to take that in also if you're going to use caffeine for example before the race or even nitrate refer back to episode 187 with beetroot andy jones for more information about nitrate then even though those are things happening before the race not in the race itself do make sure to put that in your race plan also it's quite common i like to take a gel 10 minutes before the race start that goes in the race plan as well so uh, if nothing else having those things in the race plan that helps you review things after the race when when you know exactly what happened and and uh, if whether you you know whether you took caffeine or nitrate or such before the race and uh, and that helps in the reviewing process and maybe comparing uh, your current race review with previous races like for example did you take caffeine or nitrate before another race previously and uh, and how did that affect your gi comfort for example your gastrointestinal uh, discomfort all right uh, or comfort hopefully not discomfort then uh, let's discuss the equipment a part of the race plan so this is a checklist essentially where you list everything all the equipment you need in the race but also around the race like pre-race post-race if you're traveling to a race, I even like to have non-race related stuff there in that same checklist. Like, do I have my chargers with me and and uh, passport and, and all of those sorts of things. Now, when you make your equipment checklist, uh, this is a good opportunity to review whether you have actually trained with that equipment and whether it makes sense to to use it. So, for example, let's say you, you got a new disc wheel uh, a couple of months ago, but you never trained it. And you're going to a race and uh, and the race is reasonably windy. Uh, I mean, a disc wind is beneficial to use in the wind because it acts as a bit of a sail and uh, you're going to see a greater improvement from putting a disc wheel on in windy conditions, especially in crosswinds compared to just a deep section wheel. But that being said, if you've never trained it with it, then, then that's a question mark. Should you actually use it? So use this uh, equipment checklist to also go through... Uh, point by point item by item whether you have trained with it and hopefully if you do this plan in uh, enough in advance then you still have some time to put in some training on with each of those items uh, one exception that i want to make is the new super shoes like if you're using for example nikes with like the carbon uh, plates and so on then of course those are quite expensive and they also don't last an unlimited mileage after a certain amount of mileage then they uh, they kind of don't have the same effect anymore so you want to to of course spare them as much as possible my recommendation with these shoes is just before your first ever race in a new pair of those shoes you want to do a short run with them but it doesn't have to be a long run it can be a 30 minute run and that's that's it then if things work well in that run and and work well in that race where you use them then you don't ever have to run in them again before any future race that's what i do personally so only only use them in races uh, once once i have them uh, but most other things i mean i, I do like and recommend people to uh, to train in them as much as possible whether it's we're talking about disc wheels aero helmet uh, wetsuit of course the wetsuit and the tri suit that you're going to use under the wetsuit all, all of those things are important so basically what uh, what might be helpful is if you make uh, make a checklist that is divided into into different categories so uh, i'm just going to open up my own checklist here uh, just to talk you through what it looks like i have basically a few different columns and uh, 
and on the left hand side of each column is the the item and then the right hand side is open for me to fill in whether i have packed it or whether it's a to-do or whether i don't need it for this particular race for example i recently did a duathlon race all of the swim uh, items on the checklist i just filled in uh na so i don't i don't need it but there's a swim uh, equipment column a bike equipment column a run equipment column a general race equipment column which includes things like your race kit which you'll get from the organizers of course uh, your bib number which same thing there chip uh, race belt sunglasses uh, your garmin wristwatch and your tri suit and your heart rate monitor those are things that i don't put in a bike or run or swim category but in the race category and then there's a pre and post race category which includes things like change of clothes or warm clothes before uh, and so on and and then there's the general category which is more of the the chargers and the passports and and those sorts of things and uh, and yeah then when when you have this template you can just for each race you just uh, cr- cross out anything that you have packed or you put a to do or you put an not applicable uh, if you don't need that thing so so then it gets really really easy to make sure that you get everything and 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 then these this list can grow because uh, every once in a while you realize that there's something new that you need or want to bring with you and and then that can stay in the template and in future races where you might not need that item then you simply uh, put in an na for that but just that's just as an example but you do want to have an equipment checklist and uh, and use that thoroughly to make sure that you don't forget anything uh, including backup options like a uh, like a second pair of goggles uh, including getting a swim skin even if there's only a one percent chance that the wet the race won't be wetsuit legal and and so on all right let's move on to the final part of the race plan and that is your mental plan so first one important part that i think i i like to include here is for each discipline in the race have one to three keywords to put you in a mode of executing a good process for that discipline so to give you some examples that I have used in recent races, uh, or some of them recent, some some not as recent, uh, but uh, this year or last year, uh, for the swim, I have used words such as smooth, feel, referring to feel for the water, and stroke rate, getting a high stroke rate. For the bike, I used uh, words such as head down and control. And for the run, I used words such as posture and breathing. And what you use here is is up to you, of course, but it's meant to be, it should be simple. You don't have to have an entire paragraph, just one or a couple of words. There should be enough to to explain to you what it is about. For example, on the run, the posture one is pretty self-evident, focusing on a good posture, especially after the bike ride in the aero position. The breathing one is uh, one that I think is really important because on the run, I think that the for me the best way to get into a good running rhythm uh, right after getting off the bike is to really focus on my breath and trying to get it controlled but also running hard enough that the breathing is uh, somewhat labored uh, because that's yeah that's what I've trained for to to go hard on the run so so getting that that breathing to that familiar level which I feel I can just about sustain uh, that's really important so and and when I tell myself breathing then then i remember that okay am i there or am i above it or should i should i increase so so that's how you can use these sort of uh, keywords to get you in the mode of executing a good process and it's up to you which ones you you put there but those examples hopefully help you um 
one thing that I also like to do in the mental planning section is to look through hard work as I have done uh, do in the build-up to the race and pick one really, really good workout in each discipline where I felt really strong and performed really well. And then when or if if or when the moment comes in that in any particular discipline that you feel that you're not doing really well, then a thing that you can do to recall some positivity and maybe regain some energy in the race in the moment is to think back to that workout and how you felt and just try to summon that feeling. And and that surprisingly it seems to work really well a lot and is something I have advised many of my athletes to do and the feedback has been really good. So so that's a, a really important mental aspect as well, mental planning aspect that, that I really always put in the plan. So yeah, just thinking about, for example, that hard threshold bike workout where you where you were at your limit but you were performing at your limit for such a long time and if you are in a tough moment on the bike when you can think back to that workout where you where you performed that well and did that for such a long time then that's something that can can help you regain regain momentum and uh, and get past that uh, that rough patch another thing to consider and to add to your plan is to preemptively plan for how you will react to certain scenarios that might occur and that you know in the past have been a challenge for you to deal with mentally so examples might be what uh, how do you react if you come out of the water further down than expected with a slower time than expected or how do you react if you get a flat tire on the bike and uh, and how do you react mentally specifically so so those are things that you can optionally put in the plan of course you can come up with countless scenarios here but i think in particular if you have had some experience like this before and you want to make sure that you don't repeat maybe getting in a negative mindset then this is something to add to the plan as well all right now let's move on to the next section beyond the written plan and this is uh, things to consider pre-race these are all very simple things. Keep in mind the theme of the episode. Nothing new and groundbreaking, just good old-fashioned reminders that may be helpful, in particular if you haven't raced in a long time. First, some equipment prep. Uh, well ahead of the race, of course. You should get your bike, uh, but not too far ahead of the race. Uh, make sure your bike is clean and maintained uh, when uh, with good timing, <laughs> timely before, in a timely manner before the race. Whether you do it yourself or leave it to your local bike shop is, of course, up to you. Uh, but uh, but some things that you should check is uh, before the race that your brakes and gears are working and are tuned and that your bolts are all tightened. Some last-minute checks like that, especially if you've been traveling uh, with the bike, of course, then then all of this becomes really important to do. Make sure that you have that you charge all of your equipment before the race, like your power meter, your bike computer, and your GPS watch, your heart rate monitor, and so on. And next, make sure you have your uh, bike computer and your GPS watch set up the way you want them to for racing in terms of the right uh, screens and activity profile, potentially alerts and so on. Anything you want there, remember to set that up. Beyond that, equipment prep that you should do before the race would be to just simply lay everything you will need for the race uh, and also pre and post race out in advance. If it's a morning race and you will get up early, lay all of that out the, the night before and uh, make sure that you double check cross-reference with your checklist. Prepare as much as possible in advance. So a typical workflow for a bigger morning race would be bike check-in happens in the afternoon, the day before the race. 
possibly you might also leave your t1 and t2 bags with all the things you will need for those and all of the things you maybe will need in those bags for example if it looks like it might be a cold race then maybe just throw in those arm warmers in the t1 bag just in case so that if it's a cold morning then you can use them on the bike also uh Consider using a bike cover uh, when you're checking your bike or even just trash bags to cover your bike overnight if it might rain during the night. You can usually still add things like your bike computer, your bike shoes and your nutrition and so on to your bike in T1 on race morning. So that's usually the preferred option. You can prepare your nutrition and hydration bottles and uh, maybe leave them in the fridge overnight or even prepare them in the morning. That's not my preferred option. I like to have everything prepared the night before, but I can see why some people would prefer to to leave it later and have, have it be uh, sort of fresh, I guess. Make sure that you have all of these things prepared and laid out and organized, as I said, the night before, so that on the morning of the race day, you have as little as possible to do and as few things as possible that you can forget, so that you have already gone through and checked that you have everything the, the night before, basically. If it's a morning start as well, consider that even though it might be very warm later in the day, early mornings might be very chilly. And especially if you're in kind of a shoulder season where the race happens, then this might be the case with big temperature swings from night to day. So dress appropriately. There's nothing worse than being cold for two hours before leaving for uh, that or from leaving for the last check in T1 on race morning to when the gun goes. And finally, don't forget to things like applying your race number tattoos if the race has them and putting on the timing chip and so on, all the things that the race organizers gave you in the race package. So lay that as well out with the rest of the things that you will use. So I usually put all of that on my pile of race clothes that I'm going to put out in the morning. And that reminds me or that makes sure I don't forget. Then pre-race next section here is uh, the nutrition hydration pre-race everybody is a bit different here of course so the point isn't to tell you this is exactly what you should do or shouldn't do rather it's just to remind you that your nutrition hydration the last couple of days before an important race should be a conscious well thought out decision not just you flying by the seat of your pants it is if, of course, important to get enough carbohydrate to make sure that you start the race with full glycogen stores. And it is, of course, important to hydrate enough so that you start the race fully hydrated, not just partially hydrated. Beyond that, just try to minimize things that might make you more sensitive to GI issues on race day. For example, personally, uh, the couple of days before the race, I start eating more sort of plain and simple carbohydrates like white rice and white pasta and, and just trying to avoid fibers and and trying to to make things really simple uh, avoiding vegetables as well and and min limiting fruits and having more simple fruits like bananas instead of apples and uh, not having dairy all of those things that that might be small risk factors for gi distress so uh, so that's that's something that works for me personally i think that fiber and dairy are things that for a lot of people are things to consider but uh, but that's an individual thing an individual aspect to to consider what works for you and what doesn't if you don't have any issues then then that's of course perfectly fine 
Uh, also, if you are going to take nitrate and caffeine before the race that we uh, mentioned a little bit before, uh, they might have small performance enhancing effects, uh, then be sure to have that with you and available and know when to take it, including with the nitrate uh, possibly loading up to a week before with it. So again, I refer you to the episode with uh, Andy Jones in episode 187 for more information on that. One thing that is also important to consider as a general guideline is that the breakfast that you eat, which is probably for most people around three hours before the race start, is important and essential, but it's not sufficient to fill up your muscle glycogen stores. That process takes time. It takes 24 to 48 hours. So the most important thing when it comes to making sure that you are really fully fueled when the gun goes is to eat enough carbohydrate the day before the race and also two days before the race. So it's not the the race morning breakfast. You, I think that for most people, you should have a good breakfast, but it doesn't have to be. This is not where you try to get in a massive amount of fueling done. That has already happened by then. Uh, all right. And uh, then finally, let's talk about the course and the transition area recce. First, if you go to the transition area, you just you want to make sure that you know really, really well how to enter transition both from the swim into the bike, so T1, and from the bike uh, onto the run, so T2. Make sure you walk the transition area from the swim exit and from the bike dismount line and walk exactly the way you will be walking uh, to your spot in transition. Uh, and uh, and check for landmarks next to where you have your bike uh, or your when you come in from the bike of course your bike won't be there but your where your where your spot is so maybe checking for is there a particular tree or a statue or a building that is uh, aligned or like parallel to where your spot in transition is don't rely on things like flags or things like that because they might not be up on race morning uh, and uh, and other things that might move uh, rely on things that are really really going to stay put and what i like to do is to film uh, myself walking through t1 and walking through t2 and then i can review that film uh, later on in the evening just chilling in bed and uh, and just and make sure when i film as well that when i get to my spot in transition i i turn the camera uh, around to both sides and I, I can see on the film what i actually have to the side so i can see those landmarks and and remind myself that okay that building was the landmark or that statue was the landmark that i have to be looking for so so those are the kinds of things you want to make sure that you know because again on race morning things will be look very different you might not have all the bikes around you and or you might have a lot of bikes around you so so you're, you're looking for bigger easier things to identify to make sure you find your your spot in transition uh, then in terms of actual course wrecking this it depends on how much time you have at the location of the race uh, and this is assuming you're traveling to the race of course if you are your race is local then you have uh, all the time in the world to do that uh, but uh, but course wrecking can be important even when traveling even when you're limited on time the swim and the bike courses would be the most important ones to recce the run isn't that important really for a very hilly course it definitely won't hurt to do that and know where and how long the uphill and downhill segments are you can of course check the course maps and that information will be there but it's just a different thing compared to uh, actually seeing the course uh, firsthand 
If the race is local to you, then uh, this is an easy one. Definitely do the bike course multiple times in training, as well as the run course and even the swim course, uh, even if you don't have the buoys there on the swim course at the time. And it might not always be possible, to be fair, depending on where exactly the swim course is with boats and stuff. But uh, but if it's possible, then then do that as well. If you're traveling, on the other hand, most people would arrive just one to a few days in advance, depending on the size and importance of the race. So by then, especially if it's a longer race, like a 7.3 or an Ironman, it doesn't really make much sense to recce the bike. You could recce the bike if you arrive, let's say, for even three days, maybe four days before the race. And, and if it's a looped course, of course, things are different. You might very well recce the bike. But but uh, in many cases, uh, you will arrive late enough that for a 7.3 or an Ironman, it makes no sense to recce the whole bike course with the bike or for that matter, the run course uh, on the run. But what you can do is you can drive them. And especially for the bike, as I said, this would be worth doing because the bike, of course, being a lot faster than the run in terms of the speed, this is where knowing the course can make a bigger difference in terms of of executing it well. Uh, So if the course is even mildly technical and not just a straight and flat out and back, then, then I would recommend driving the course if you have the opportunity to do that. The swim, I definitely recommend familiarizing yourself with uh, on the race venue the day before the race or in the days leading up to the event. And importantly, do that at the time of your race start so you get similar sun and weather conditions. The day before might be good from the perspective that the buoys will probably be laid out then. So you might have a better chance then to look for landmarks behind buoys, like the big buildings in the background or the particularly shaped rock or whatever it might be. Uh, but uh, And even if you don't swim the whole course necessarily for a long race, again, the day before the race, then study the whole course from land and from in the water and, and just swim part of it to make sure that you are you are somewhat familiar and you have tried to see all the landmarks behind all the buoys or at least try to figure out what the landmarks might be at a particular part of the course for a particular buoy even if you if you don't swim that that part now finally let's move on to execution and uh, the first important point here is to focus on the process don't think about what happened previously in the race or or in another race for that matter or what you had for dinner or what you're going to have for dinner think only about what you can do right now and in the very near future in the race use your keywords or key phrases that we discussed before that you have in your race plan to help put you in that right mindset so when you're on that swim think smooth think feel think stroke rate those sorts of things if those are your keywords and uh Aim to adhere to your race plan, of course, that is important and that is part on focusing on the process. What can I do right now to adhere to my race plan? But also get constant feedback from your body on how you are feeling and consider whether that feedback in any way changes things from what your race plan might be. Because this is the reality. Sometimes you do end up veering off from your plan And the more experience you get at racing, the more likely you are to take the right decision in those situations. Uh, It it happens. You just feel that I actually can run harder than than I thought I could. And I'm just going to go for it. And uh, yeah, you have to take those decisions. And sometimes you might fail. But uh, yeah, this this is why it's important to have the right balance between wanting to adhere to the race plan, but then also getting those signals from the body and and 
making good trade-offs taking a good decision in the moment so so that's that's really important and again racing more is what will help you get those decisions right more often than not and uh, so that's why i have talked quite a number of times i think about uh, how i think it's really important to to race race a lot and 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 put yourself on the start line the next thing in terms of execution is to don't focus on what people around you are doing unless of course you are uh, a pro or somebody at the very front of the field but if if you have planned your race to the degree that we have discussed here today then you're most likely more prepared than than most of the people around you so they should be following your lead rather than the other way around if anything uh, but uh, yeah just don't don't worry if people are going faster than you early on in the bike if you have your plan just stick to it uh, stick to your guns and do your race you have designed that plan to get from a to b the fastest for you with your fitness so so don't don't get sucked into following other people uh, next stay positive uh, this is really important and uh, that's why we had that one aspect of the mental plan which is to focus on some particular particularly good workouts that you've done in each discipline those can help you achieve that another thing is just generally positive self-talk it really does work it is uh, has been proven many times in in scientific research that positive self-talk uh, is simple self-talk like you're strong uh, you're smooth uh, you're you're going well you, you have lots of lots of energy left those are the kinds of things that really do work uh, so so do use that aspect as well and uh, don't let negativity creep in because when negativity creeps in it ends up being a, a feedback loop of that makes it harder to go fast and you might slow down and then you get even more negative and that is just a perpetuating prophecy really so so avoid that really really do your best to stay positive and finally really important enjoy the race because this is this is what you have been training for so make sure that you enjoy it even when it's painful and, and it's quite hard but that is where you have to start to be creative and maybe enjoy how paradoxical it is that you are supposed to enjoy something that is so so hard and there are thousands of other people around you perhaps or hundreds that are trying to do the same thing so uh, yeah uh, just make sure that you you enjoy the race uh, and even if it doesn't go as, as well as you would have liked all right uh, let's uh, just quickly cover a few common mistakes to avoid some of them we've already at least indirectly mentioned here but some of them not so much one that i think is really important and maybe not appreciated is avoid walking too much or being on your feet too much the days before the race really try to be off your feet as much as possible the days before the race uh, of course this is sometimes difficult with you have to do the bike check-in you have to go to the briefing and all those sorts of things just try to uber around if you can or uh, or yeah, try to limit the, the amount of walking as much as possible uh, also and uh, more self-evident perhaps is uh, make sure that you sleep enough early on in the race week and avoid not getting enough sleep in the race week that is something i think is, is quite common because later on it might you might be quite nervous and the night of the race quite commonly you don't have that much time because you might need to get up very early so so that one is a bit of a write-off but that doesn't really matter if you have slept enough early on in the race week but i do think that that if you get six nights of good sleep to one night of well the race night or night towards the race then then you have a really good 
good platform to express your fitness from but if you have let's say two good nights of sleep uh, until the night before your race then then it's a different story so early on in the in race week start focusing really on your sleep then another very common mistake is of course incorrect pacing and usually it's going too hard pushing too much at uh, certain sections of the race too early on and uh, next we have uh, not executing the nutrition strategy or, or hydration strategy you have next not having trained with and quote-unquote stress tested your equipment for example can your bottle cages hold your bottles if you hit a bump in the road or really launch a bottle and lose half of your nutrition uh, and i'm uh, talking from experience here <laughs> this is something i've done and uh, and that didn't end up going too well so uh, yeah make sure you have trained with and stress tested your equipment and uh, the final mistake to avoid is to mentally not be ready that it's going to be a hard day you if you expect that it will feel really good and it will feel comfortable from start to finish then you're probably in for a negative surprise uh, i would rather see you expect to suffer and you won't get that negative surprise so have that as your expectation from a mental and mindset perspective all right so that's it for uh, for this race prep and planning and execution episode i really hope that you enjoyed it just as a quick summary we talked about planning and the aspects that go into your race plan which should be written are your pacing strategy your nutrition hydration strategy your equipment checklist and your mental uh, plan then we talked about pre-race aspects including your equipment preparation your pre-race nutrition hydration and your course and transition area recce and we talked about race execution, including focusing on the process, aiming to adhere to the race plan, but getting constant feedback and being in tune with your body, enjoying it, don't letting what other people around you are doing affect you, and staying positive. All right, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, next On next Monday's episode, we will have... Uh, david bowden on who is a new zealand based coach and bike fitter he is the coach of among others Teresa adam who is a real powerhouse on the bike so we talk about bike fitting bike equipment and uh, bike training for triathletes uh, it's a really good episode hope you stay tuned for that and uh, if you are looking for coaching services or training plans make sure that you check out uh, scientifictriathlon.com we have information about uh, all of our products and services there and uh, our aim is to help as many triathletes as possible achieve their triathlon goals uh, whether they are looking for a coach or just a training plan to help them get through uh, and or perform better in their next race Finally, thank you to Senate that you can find on senatesumtrainer.com. Use the Senate Swim Trainer to improve your technique, power, and stamina, even when you don't have time to go to the pool or when pools are closed. And get 20% off your order with the promo code that you can get on senatesumtrainer.com forward slash TTS. And thank you to Roka that you can find on roka.com. Check out their wetsuits, dry suits, swimskins, goggles, high performance eyewear, and prescription glasses and sunglasses and get 20% off your order on roca.com forward slash TTS. Thank you, as always, for listening. Keep training smart and keep loving triathlon. <laughs>